Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Pub Week podcast. On Tuesday night, Scotland went through all the emotions in 90 minutes as our minds went from Scotland are winning the Euros, to Scotland are shite, to Scotland are actually winning the Euros, to Scotland are fucking shite, to Scotland are really fucking shite, so I'm never watching football again. I'm your host, Aaron Smith, and here to mourn with me are Adam Oliver, Reese Mackay and Will Comrie. Guys, we're in the five stages of grief are we all at right now. Depression. Depression. I'm I'm the acceptance, you know. Got I I see I scroll through Twitter, I see one tweet saying, Clark got us here, we just need to be happy, we're all here. And then the very next two will be, Oh, we can't think like this, it's a loser's mentality. Mm-hmm. And I agree with every single one of them. I can't make my mind up. But mm. I think at the end of the day, <laughs> it took us twenty three years. I finally got to see a major tournament in my lifetime. Sure it wasn't <clears> the greatest, <throat> but we'll always have Wembley. We'll yep. always have that McGregor goal. Yep. At these moments. Yep. But yeah, let's just start running through uh, Tuesday night. Uh, I think on Sunday uh, we got told that Billy Gilmore was going to miss the game uh, as a ten pod- positive for COVID, which is a massive blow. Clark said in his press conference on Monday that Gilmore was going to start, which would have meant it would have been an unchanged team from Friday. Uh, but instead, Stuart Armstrong took his place, and um. But yeah, I was still optimistic. I wasn't confident that Gilmore was a big blow, and I've never been Armstrong's biggest fan, but I was willing to give him another chance. And yeah, as I said, I was optimistic. But let's get in the game. Five minutes in, she Adams, brilliant chance. Just can't get his uh, leg stretched far enough. A cross comes in. It just comes across the face of goal. He's millimetres away from making contact and it's going to be a goal. Just a tiny touch would have done it. Anything. If, if he was a bit taller, if, if that's London Dykes attacking that, that's going in. Over the bar if it's London Dykes attacking it. Yeah, but, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but, just so frustrating that these are the margins. Yeah. I've stopped making knockouts. That was all it was missing, wasn't it? It was that, that final touch. Yeah, it was. You could probably. I've lost count of the many chances that we had in all the games of just little touches here, little touches there that would have. That was yeah. it's a tournament summed up. We just couldn't get the ball in the net apart from the one time. It's like yeah, one of the big um, tournaments. It's millimeters separate the the, yeah. the the winners from the husbands. So. Yep. Yep. I know. I know a lot of people aren't fans of XG, uh, expected goals, but I'm pretty sure Scotland finished bottom of this group had the most XG. In all the games, it was sickening. It was the fact that we didn't play bad. Well, first half, we didn't play bad. Second half, oh, second half, Modric turned on the style. Yep, yeah. uh, John McGinn, if John McGinn scores that chance he had, it would have been different. Yeah, we'll get on to that. Um, but Croatia scored our first again. It's just the story of. It seems almost every goal that Scotland conceded this tournament, it was just due to the defence switching off. Mm-hmm. It's a split moment. I think Stephen O'Donnell gets out-jumped for a header, gets well, knocked down to Flasic, and goes in. Nobody really seems to shut him down in time. I don't, know so why, I don't know why McTominay was in there. He should never have been challenging O'Donnell's man for the ball. That was O'Donnell's man. Yeah, if he loses the header, but he's there to cover Vlasic if he's not in there. Mm-hmm. He, sh- he should have yeah. never come out of that hole. I don't know what he was doing, but... There did seem to be a lot of uncertainty throughout the game, it was like because the midfield didn't really want to track runners, so the defence were kind of like, do we go? Do we not go? Do we stay? So no one seemed to quite know their role, which was surprising for a Clark side. Yeah, it seemed like we were well, and we kind of just conceded the midfield to Croatia, or the, the star power got in the midfield. And but I wouldn't even say we tried to attack down the wings, which is what you'd expect. We just seemed to be a loss for a lot of the game. It just really. As you said, unheard of for Steve Clark's side. Mm, yeah, but especially that ten minutes after Croatia scored, we just—I was—I thought we were going to get a tan, and because we just switched off completely for 10, 15 minutes before Callum McGregor scored again. Well, scored. Yep. And Clark said uh, before the game that tactics might go out the window. This might turn into a basketball game. That's all well and good if you're both going for the win, but if Croatia are sitting back, that's just—it's not giving you hope. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, so yeah, 1-0 down. Could have been two. Modric, Modric with a shot. Uh, Marshall, a great save. Doesn't actually end up being a corner. 
the ref doesn't yeah. cash it wasn't save but it was a very good thing to save and then 40th minute uh, a cross comes in Adams miscontrols it but it breaks to Cal McGregor on his right foot straight into the bottom left corner and Hampton erupts Dream. 12k sounds like 100k yeah what moment absolutely wild the celebrations for a, an equaliser in a game that you have to win never been seen before I don't think I've ever screamed so oh. loud as I did when that hit the back of the net well, the scenes in the pub were unreal I felt like a pure Scrooge but because I was shouting my TV at 1-1 after about 10 seconds I realised hold on we're still going out so I'm shouting at my TV stop celebrating score another goal <laughs> <laughs> I really wish they did but we scored, uh, we scored at the perfect time as well because it was just before half time. You'd come out all guns boys in the second half, but I was like, "This is our moment. We scored at the perfect exactly. time. We're we're yeah. fucking doing this." Yep. Everything, everything felt perfect. Everything felt set up to be. Th- this was our. Uh, I don't know if you remember the last Euros. Uh, the Republic of Ireland beat uh, Italy. Oh, yeah. That's our Robbie Brady Ireland. moment. Yep, this is our Robbie Brady moment. Didn't turn out to be second half. Uh, but, um, nobody closes down for like Modric and what a finish top of corner straight it, another thing both games that Scotland lost goal of the tournament candidates in both of them against yeah, us that's literally just our luck it's always it's, <laughs> Hamden's yeah. never seen two better goals in a while and neither of them were from a Scottish player sometimes you've just got to hold your hand up and say fair play that was just yeah, oh, oh god! You have to wonder why he's not been closed down soon enough. He's Croatia's star man. He's got to yeah. have somebody on him at all times. Mm-hmm. Surely, like you could have even sacrificed one in the free just to man mark him the whole game. I reckon that's would have been Billy Gilmore's role, just to man mark him the whole game. Yep, and that's why I'd say the issue was we didn't have a, an out and out holding midfielder. I know McGregor did play there for uh, Celtic, but he is more of a box to box type. Yeah, and Armstrong is. A ten sometimes plays out wide for Southampton. He's not a pole midfielder by any stretch of the imagination, and yeah, it just not even Billy Gilmore missing players like Ryan Jack throughout the whole. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we really missed him. Yep. But well, a sentence I'd never thought I'd say, but yeah, we yeah. did miss Ryan Jack. Probably <laughs> <laughs> crying out for Ryan Jack, but here we are. Um, but yeah, two one. If hope wasn't lost then, it was definitely lost a, f- a few minutes later. Uh, Croatia get a corner. Ivan Perisic out jumps Kieran Tierney at the front post. Uh, there's not much Tierney could do about it. I think Perisic has like about a six foot on him. It was, was a really good header. Yeah, brilliant header. That's what you have to say. It's like Tierney's oh. only weakness is his, his ability in the air. He's not that great in the air. He's not no. that big. Yeah. All the energy just sat out of hand in that moment. Everyone just by then 50 minutes to go you need to score three goals everyone knew it wasn't happening so all you could really well not all you could really hear but the Croatia fans were definitely a lot louder than they had been uh, the rest the rest of the tournament that's for sure yeah uh, but yeah we actually another thing that will really bother definitely me uh, if I look back at this tournament not just this game, the missed opportunities, because this game finishes 3-1 without the Euros, but just missed opportunities throughout the whole tournament. You go back to that Czech Republic game. Aye, any other day the... in that game we could have scored four goals. Yeah. Tom Vaslik had one of the games of his life, I don't think he'll yep. have a game. He's a second choice keeper for both club <laughs> and country. Says it all. <laughs> yeah, um, but... I mean, that London Dykes chance in the Czech game really sticks out to me. Uh, it was basically one-on-one keeper has to put it away and he doesn't. The yeah, England the game... Line as well. Yep. The yeah. England game, we were never under the cosh, really. No. Uh, about the first 10 minutes, uh, maybe, that Stones chance, but mm-hmm. on that, we had plenty of chance to score. Uh, we just couldn't do it. Ends now and now. It's a great result on the night and I'll still stand by that it was a great result on the night. Mm-hmm. But if we, would... if we even got a 1-0 out of that, that oh, would have been game, and it's totally yeah. different. That would have been another one. One of them days, Stephen O'Donnell would have stuck out in the top corner. Yeah, yeah. That's a, again. That's another chance. I know O'Donnell was not an actual finisher, but mm-hmm. um, and then this game, uh, we didn't. I've talked talked about the Adams chance early on. Didn't actually talk about the John McGinn chance at one-one. 
uh, which is really well defended, you have to say. But it just didn't fall to them. It just yeah. It's a lot of people complaining that he took it on his left, but I think that's unfair. I don't think he really could have caught it on his right. No, but and yeah, you can tell the only ones that really complain about that on Twitter is people that's never kicked the ball in their life. <laughs> um. And then, yeah, there's a video going about just McGinn looks like Scott and us right now. Um, after he misses that, it's just... It's painful. Um, but I guess now you have to move on. We've got World Cup qualifying starting again in September. Where, where is the future of the Scotland national team? And I'll, I'll start that question with, do we see Steve Clark as the man to take us to Qatar? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting anyone to say no because I feel like that would be a bit of a, a hot take and it would be really unfair. But I'll, I'll follow that up with is this current system, the 5 3 2, the 3 5 2, whatever you want to call it, is it the best to get what we can out of our players? Because Scotland, uh, also, we've got two world class left backs, but other than that, our best players are all attacking. So is Clark's system, Clark's style going to be what we need if we're going to be a successful nation ever reach the knockouts of a major tournament I'm going to stand by the system uh, is there anything else uh, well, we created a lot of chances in it so I, I still have belief in the system I just like him to use the younger players now because they're the ones that are going to really get us to where we need to be Yeah. so that's the only thing I would say Patterson, Turnbull, Gilmore they've got a feature for me what this tournament, I don't think uh, if Ryan Jack and Kerry McLean were available, I don't think Billy Gilmer would have been in this tournament. No. Hopefully Clark's learned from that and Gilmore, you could build a Scotland team around Billy Gilmore. Yeah. Two players, your midfield, Billy Gilmore and David Turnbull have to be your two uh, players for the next 10 years. At oh, least. 100%. That's, that's why uh, I'm blaming Pat Nevin. I'm blaming Pat ne- Nevin for Gilmore being it for saying Gilmore will start every Scotland game for the next ten years. Oh, it's just our luck in it. Somebody says that and they're out with COVID. It's just like, oh, you bastard. Uh, it couldn't be anyone else. It couldn't be. That's going to sound like I'm wishing COVID. I'm not. I wish no one got COVID. But if it was someone like John McLaughlin, who's never going to get a game, <laughs> why did it have to be the man of the match from the England game? Why couldn't it be anyone else? Just Scotland. It's been um, the most Scottish tournament ever. I, I, yeah. I, oft, I very often slag off UEFA, but UEFA saved us by saying that uh, our, um, Robertson and McGinn didn't have to isolate because the ping pong table is two metres. Oh, I've never seen a, an Instagram story get deleted so quickly. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a certain free letter publication tried to grass our own country in, but enough uh, on that. Uh, <laughs> no publicity for them. Yeah, bye. But, yeah. So, so we're all in agreement. Clark should stay. Um, a name, and this is going uh, way in the future, uh, I'm to like even 2026, 2024, uh, if Clark's not still here. A name I threw out uh, on the Twitter account a few days ago was Callum Davidson. Um, if he keeps up, and this is just me speaking, I'm not speaking for anyone else here, but if he was to keep up to Johnson's form, or move to another club, uh, a bigger club, but bring more success to them, surely he has to be the standout candidate for Scotland. I know some people are saying about bringing a foreign manager. I saw uh, Lucien Favre's name get thrown about. Foreign I don't think manager, he'd be available. Foreign managers yeah. never work for Scotland. I don't know what it is, but yeah. it just never does. I've just never been a fan of foreign managers for uh, national teams in general. I think your national team should be managed by yeah. a yeah. native. Um, makes sense. But, yeah, I've just never been a fan of national manager. Callum Davison is, would be, right now, would be my choice to take over from Clark. Of course, like, second season syndrome, or whatever you want to call it, if he has a poor season uh, this season, maybe I'll uh, reconsider that. But He does use a similar-ish style to Clark as well, with the three at the back and the mm. attacking full-backs as well. Yeah, yeah but what would say, he's a more progressive manager than Clark, I'd say. 100%. Yeah. Which fits with what I'd what I was saying with our attacking players getting used more. But no. the players can believe in our system. So it's hard to 
we'll save this for three years' time when Callum Davidson, the manager, and we're instead of moaning about O'Donnell, we're moaning about Sean Rooney at right back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Like, what would he be, a 34-year-old Sean Rooney or something? That would be, be nice. Um, like, Alan McCann somehow got a Scottish grandparent or something. He's came over. But one can dream. Um, but yeah, that about does it for the Scotland section. I think everyone was really disappointed on Tuesday. A lot of people, there were people calling for Clark's head, which I That's thought was uncalled for. That's just... That's typical, but in it. Uh, you would have to get people at that. It says a lot. Even the World Cup qualifying, I remember um, the Australia game, even though we drew because of the McGinn bicycle kick, people's spirits were high. No one was saying anything about Clark. The Israel away game, people wanted Clark out. And then we go pump the Faroe Islands 4 0. A result you'd expect, oh, Clark's the best manager this country's ever had. So, you Scotland fans you... are fuckle. Let's, let's just say that. You kind of win. You kind of win. There's. Any bad result, people are calling for his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even after the check game, people were like, get out, clock out. See, yep. if you, see if you look at it, but just to summarise it all, like, obviously the players done is probably getting there, but like, we needed a result on Monday, but to still go into the final game with that chance to qualify after the result on Monday, it tells you, you know, players give absolute everything. But yeah, we lacked that quality at the end, and I hope Croatia go and do well, and I think they'll at least get the quarters, but... So you, yep. You're backing them to beat Spain, is it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Spain have been brought in, to be fair. But yeah, um, this isn't the, a Spanish football podcast, so we'll, we'll leave that. But yeah, I, I does say a lot. We, this could have easily been a dead rubber game. If we went to Wembley and we're beating them 3 0, this game could have meant nothing. So yeah. I guess it's good we had something to play for. But again, it's so, so disappointing. Um, I guess Croatia side, who didn't look great against England and the uh, Czech Republic. They showed up for us. That was their game of the... That but was their best game. Yeah, of course, they, of course they played when it mattered. That's their experience, isn't it? Yeah. They turned up when it mattered, so... The old heads appeared and... Yeah, yeah unfortunately. Yeah, end of the day, it was only three years ago they were in the World Cup final. Yeah. That's a good game, so... Oh, well. Uh, that, that'll do it for the, the Scotland section uh, right now. I'm sure it won't be the last talk about it until the World Cup qualifiers, but uh, we'll move on to uh, earlier today uh, on Friday. Uh, Celtic held a press conference with uh, Ange Postecoglou, the new manager, and uh, Don McKay. And a lot of bases were covered. And from a Celtic perspective, uh, personally, um, I only really heard good stuff. There was one sticky point, which would be the first point we come over, um, but Ange, he had a lot of doubters. I, yeah. I always, when he got announced, I was always going to back, be backing him. And even when his name first got thrown in, a bit of research and you see what he's all about. I was always of the opinion that this could be the man. Um, but yeah, he's, he speaks really well. He seems to have a belief in himself. And uh, we'll get into the press conference here. Uh, so. One of the, the first questions thrown out is the, the rumours of Gordon Strachan coming in as Celtic's director of football. Oh, I've never been so happy to hear such a yeah. quick and blunt <laughs> answer. I was just like, oh, Don McKay. Yeah, Don McKay basically says in, in so many words, no. So, um, but it was a, I think it was Raman from STV that posed the question and he asked, is that a no for Strachan, I know for the director of football, I know for both. Um, Mackay slightly dodges that question, saying, uh, uh, talking about Ramon implying that it was going to be Strachan for the director of football. He says that wasn't the plan right now. But then Ramon asks a, a follow up question, asking, is there a plan to get a director of football? And again, Mackay dodges it, uh, says they'll, they've got a good structure, they'll look at what they need to do but no definitive answer is given on director of football, which, to me, would suggest there won't be a director of football in place this season, but the door is open for next season. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it won't be this year. I, I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about that, to be honest. Um, I, it's a... Yeah. Director, yeah. Yeah. 
That's it's like Sorry, sorry. Go on. Oh no, I go on. I, didn't. I was, I was just going to say, there. a director of football setting you generally assume you'd, you'd put in place with a younger manager, and um, okay, is it Angie's? He's not a young manager, isn't he? He's fifties, isn't he? I think. Yeah, fifty-five. Well, of course, he's fifty-five. We couldn't have got that any better, could we? Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he's in his mid-fifties. Um, but I don't know. A lot, like a lot of. It's the modern football. Most clubs have a director of football, no matter how old their manager is. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's pretty common now. It's just that much going on in the football world now. It's you could probably say you need one, but yeah, because it is a lot for a manager to take on both on the on the field and off the field. It's if he can focus on just what's going on, on the pitch, focus on the players and training, or someone else takes care of the behind the scenes stuff. That would be brilliant. It's what we need, especially in a, the transitional period we're in right now, I'd say. Yeah. But, the qualifiers are coming up pretty soon as well, so it's a pretty big few weeks coming up for them. Yep. We need some signings in this week, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, yeah, well, I'll take to uh, the next point, um, where McKay and Ange both say they're working hard on transfers. Um, so when asked about the transfers, Ange was, uh, he asked, when would you like to see some transfers and deals get done? And uh, Postacoglu said yesterday, the day before. Uh, so also, uh, there's been rumours of Mario Fiskovic, um from Hadjik Split coming in. Four and a half uh, mil, isn't it? Yep, apparently an official bid has been made, which is... I don't, again, I don't know who's making these moves. So, uh, I, we Celtic don't have a head of recruitment. So. I'm more worried it's a Simunovic 2.0. Yeah, is this... I, I just, I'm really, in, I'm generally really interested in who's doing this. Is it Postecoglou? Is it Dom Mackay? Is it Peter Lowell? No one really knows who's decided to look at this guy. It's so no, yeah, I think that's the worst thing. No one has any idea who's making all these moves, who's making all these recruitment. This we're in the we're we're still not as much as we were, but we're still a bit in the dark. Yeah, and the Celtics. Um, so the communication with their fans seems to be slightly improving with this press conference. We got a, an insight of Celtic's training sessions uh, yesterday, but we do need communication of who's making these moves, who's doing all the stuff behind the scenes. As even as Peter Law leaving, is he still going to be on the board? These are all questions we don't know. So a, a bit of communication on that front would be nice. But back to the press conference. Uh, a lot of questions have been asked about Celtic's backroom staff. Will John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan remain at Celtic or will they go elsewhere? Uh, Postacoglu basically said it's, it'll be down to him to decide on his backroom staff and he'll do that over the next couple of weeks. I was so glad to hear that. Yep. Uh, to me, of course, it'll be, it'll probably be a bit hard for him to get backroom staff in. You'd assume he'd go to Japan or Australia, which would lead to a quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we don't even know if they'd be... They probably wouldn't be in for Champions League qualifier, qualifiers anyway. Um, but to me, it sounds like Strachan and Kendi will remain, at least for the start of the season. And then we'll see what goes on. Uh, Kendi, I think there's been rumours, and it makes sense that John Kendi will be the Colts team manager. Yeah. Which would make sense. And... I don't want to say I'd be happy to see him go there because I do think Kendi is good in his role. Um, but for a rebuild, Ange needs to get the right men. If he rates Kendi and Strachan, then by all means he can have them. If but he, rate, if he rates yeah. Strachan, we're in trouble. Oh, I mean, we don't know what's on that laptop. We, he could For the last year, he could be watching Yokohama F Marinos oh. games. We no, don't know. Here, he's been playing football manager the last year going, Neil, try this. <laughs> and I'm wondering why it's not working. Dom, I just signed this player called Mario Fiskovic. <laughs> he's in five years' time. He's a five-star player. Trust, <laughs> trust me here, Dom. Yeah. Uh, was, see from the outside, that was such a strange decision to bring him in. So like, it, it was just jobs to the the boys of the boys, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> there was no. I think what was it Peterborough? I don't know why we're looking at Peterborough. Uh, <laughs> um, but whatever what, what has been has been uh, 
Ange once again reiterates that he's going to bring a really attacking style, a style that Celtic fans will enjoy. Uh, Celtic has been known for their attacking style, so that's good for Celtic fans to hear. Uh, we all knew if you've watched clips of any uh, of his other teams play, our Brisbane Roar or Hammer Marinos, it's very attacking. It's all guns boys in football, which should be exciting. I'm not sure how that's going to work when you've got about 14 players at the club away in Michelin, but it'll be it'll definitely be interesting coming back from a, a seven 0 aggregate. <laughs> but it's <laughs> impossible. <laughs> I'm not sure Near Beaton's going to have his work cut out at the back, we'll say that. <laughs> no, he's going to uh, be like Beckenbauer, he's going to be making runs from deep and sticking them in. Well, bins. I'm sure he will. <laughs> Anthony Ralston turning into prime Cafu. Oh, um, I'm not mentally prepared to go into Champions League qualifiers with Ralston at right back. I'm sure, I'm trying to picture what that team would be. I, like The back four, Greg Taylor, Stephen Welsh, Near Beaton and Anthony Ralston. I'm sure even uh, Killy fans of the championship would be raging with that back four. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, back to the press press conference. A uh, question about Edward and Ayers' uh, contract situations. Both are in the last year of the contract. Ayers stated publicly he wants to leave this season. Ange said that he'll do what's best for Celtic uh, with both transfers. Also, he he takes into account. Uh, how the players feel and what's best for their career but ultimately if it's best for Celtic to keep them he'll keep them if it's best for them to go they'll go so uh, he's got the club uh, at the back of his mind which again good to know um, I'd, I'd, I'd be worried if we kept him and if we end up losing both of them for free oh, that um, would be a I, am, I am conscious of saying we on this by the way because I know I might be neutral but I don't think it's much of a secret who I support so <laughs> Um, well, you still want what happened last time where Lennon came out and said they all wanted to leave. So, oh, that feels like years ago, man. Um, yeah. Where none of them left. Are, 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 are we wishing Neil Lennon a happy birthday? Uh, <laughs> so, back to the press conference. <laughs> um, and he said he's looking forward to the rebuild. He sees himself. As the perfect guy for this rebuild, basically. Um, he enjoys the pressure. I love that he said, I am a builder. Yeah, Ange the builder. <laughs> Can he do it? I really hope so. So, yeah, it's, again, good to know that he... Some managers would have made say, yeah, it'll be a difficult process. Uh, we'll go over it. Ange seems like he's going to thrive under this environment. That he will rebuild this team into what Celtic need going into next season and uh, seasons afterwards. Of course, we don't know. Um, you'd think if it was an Eddie Howe, he'd only be here for about two two seasons, three max, like what Rogers did. Yeah. Back to the Premier League. With Ange Postacoglu, he could be here for five plus years. Well, he sounds, no like, he sounds like the sort of man that won't be, his head won't be turned by fucking middle tier clubs in England. Yeah. A Middlesbrough offer is not going to uh, pick his interest. But uh, yeah, I mean. It's good. It's good, as I said, that he's looking forward to the rebuild. I did have a point. It's escaped my mind. If, if I think of it, I'll say it. But, but yeah. Um, uh, another point that's going to divide the support is that uh, Postecoglou says he's willing to give uh, Lee Griffiths another chance. Which, uh, listen, I tweeted last night that. I don't know what spell Postcog has put under me because I've not been a fan of Lee Griffiths for the last two or three years. I'm ready to give Griffiths a chance. If, if, I, like, if Big Ange says he'll give him a chance, I'll back him. I think what it is, is on Lee Griffiths' Instagram story last night, he was in the gym. That's not been seen for about five years. No, I'll tell you what it is. It's that, it's that accent that Ange just got. Oh, it's soothing. Whatever the so man says... Is, I want, I want him to rate in my life. Yeah. I want him, you know, when we eventually release the the one in the row DVD, I want to to rate. Do you think if Griffiths gets back to where he was, he'd be back in the Scotland setup? Or is that... You'd have to imagine. Well, the strikers we've got right now, we've got Kevin Nisbet, Shea Adams, and Lyndon Dykes. And then Fraser can play there. Um, 
you'd imagine he'd be able to get in, or even if we take all four. So I don't necessarily want to see any of those leave the squad. Mm. But there's this thing, everyone, all the people that defend Lee Griffiths will bring up that he's the best natural finisher that's, that Scotland have. Five years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah uh, but he was also the size of a bus for the Euros. He would have been no much yeah. use up top. <laughs> so, seen, did you see that uh, article Yaya Toure put out of using your arse? Griffiths would be <laughs> yeah. great at that. Um, yeah, if he'd be cutting a bit like, I can fend one the pitch. <laughs> but, I mean, but yeah. if he wants, if he gets in shape and we qualify for the World Cup, that's his last shot at a big tournament. It'll be 31. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I've never wished any bad will on Lee Griffiths. I, f- I think he he could and should have tried harder last season, especially. Uh, he didn't deserve to get in the Scotland squad. I would have probably been a bit annoyed if he got in the Scotland squad. But there's n- no reason he can't get himself uh, fit again. It's not about keeping fit. It's about getting fit. Um, that's the problem for Griffiths. If he gets fit and we do qualify for Qatar 2022, I can see him in that squad. He'll be 31-32 by yeah. then. It's it's not too old. So he's gonna he, have could be, to, he could be a great asset. He's going to have to start changing his game a bit, folks. He doesn't have that pace that he used to be able to rely on. Yeah, he can and adapt be... him getting near what he was like that season. He banged, what was it, 40 goals? I mean, that was about six yep. years ago now, I think. But yeah, then, 40 goals. Yeah. Shout, yeah. That was only dialer, wasn't it? He's good. Yep. Prime, prime dialer era. It was a great time. The, uh, best, but, the, the best manager during nine in a row. Yeah, by a foot shadow of a doubt. Um, but, yeah. <sighs> With Griffiths, it will be interesting to see if Celtic do start him. Uh, we've given him a chance. Also, uh, Celtic have Albion Jetty too. And you'd imagine they'd be in the market for another striker. Um, so I'm not sure how much game time he'll actually get if he'll just be used as an impact sub, which was his role uh, last season. Um, yeah, cause I, I mean, I like him in an impact sub, but he usually does something, which is... Yeah, because I'd start a jetty over Griff. I'd, yeah, I'd definitely start a jetty. Um, just because I think he's got potential. I think uh, early in the season, he had like the best uh, minutes per goal ratio in the league, which... Yeah. I mean, I showed he's he's a poacher, but he's not. He's never going to run in behind. Him and Griffiths are two very different strikers. Ajeti also seemed to be unfit and overweight as well. So I don't know what Lennon was doing to have all our strikers look like they'd been eating four Big Macs a day. Yeah, it's look, It's never been a secret that Lennon didn't have the best fitness regime at the club, and I think even Ronnie Dyla said that after Lennon's first spell. That, and I'm not trying to get too off topic here. Um, that, uh. A lot of players were unfit. Dyla had to put on a new fitness regime. Also, Rogers took it to the next level. Yeah, Lennon got away with it in his first season because it was still the Rogers team, really. And then in his second season, it all just went to shit. But yeah, um, as I say, I don't want to get too off topic. But if Griffiths could get back in the Scotland squad, I think that would be great. If we've not got any new strikers emerging, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, there's no. There's no young, uh, not that I can think of, that'll be 2021 20, by then. Yeah, I mean, the Fraser Hornby, I don't think he's going to be the answer. I don't I think don't he's going to come too much. Not yeah. Dead. So, yeah. Um, back to the press conference. The board, when, when they were talking about the transfers, the board said they will give uh, Postacoglu financial backing, which is also great news for fans to hear. And I'd, a lot of people said the board didn't give Lennon the financial backing. I think that's a lie. I, I think they backed the wrong horse. They gave yeah. him about 20 million in that summer window, I want to say. I'm trying, like, Duffy was 2 million, Barcash was 5 million, Ajeti was, was 5 million. So that's 12 million there. Turnbull, 3 million. 15. John, John Joe Kenny would probably be a bit one or two as well. Yeah, you'd imagine. And then. Uh, <laughs> who else to bring it? say on a loan. I don't know if we were going to pay fans for that, but it's wages. He'd probably be on quite good wages. Yeah, they definitely... Yeah, they kind of say that the board didn't back Lenny. Yeah. Um, like, as I said, back to the wrong horse. If <laughs> if Postacoglu got that transfer window, I'm not saying the one in the week, but he'd have done a lot better, I'd say. 
Uh, I've said that like I'm a avid Yokohama Reynolds fan. I'm not, but well, everything seems to point to him being a very good manager. Even Ronnie, I, if he got twenty mil, he he got nothing like that. I think he got a bit two mil to spend every season. Yeah, I dialogue. The board did not back dialogue at all. He was just a cheap option because Rangers weren't like. I think that was quite clear at sea. But but yeah, uh Mackay says the board will give uh, financial backing to Postcoglo, which is brilliant and certainly need it with this rebuild. And they'll be getting money in. You'd imagine players like Edward and Ayer and Christy all pretty certain to leave. Yeah. Uh, even with Postcoglo's comments, you'd imagine all three would leave. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, and then the last real point here is that uh, I've I've missed it. Not gonna lie, but there is actually no real point. I just don't know how to read my notes. So <laughs> I'm a great host for this podcast. No, there is. I would see if I was a professional podcast host, I would edit that, but I'm not. So uh, this is good for not just Celtic fans. If I feel like if you're not a Celtic fan, you've probably turned off by now. But uh, Don Mackay said that he had a positive call with the Scottish government. Uh, over fans being let back to the stadiums, which is brilliant news. I don't know if he meant they'll be back in uh, July 31st, the open day of the season. I feel like that might be a bit too soon. Definitely it won't be full houses. If I'm trying to think what it might be. The way he was talking, it sounds like July 31st is a possibility for maybe two, 3,000. Yeah, because the current thing, the current uh, roadmap is... July 19th is when outdoor restrictions will be lifted. I don't think that means we're, that there's going to be 60k, 50k in stadiums. But you'd think, surely, let's just take uh, Rangers' first game of the season. 50k in Ibrox, you won't get that. Surely no. you could get 20,000 at least in a stadium. Well, if we can get 12,000 at Hampton, there's no reason why we can't get that, if not more at the bigger grounds. Exactly. Yep. They should so, be working on a percentage, like say maybe the grounds for the first week should be maybe twenty five percent capacity. Then Rangers and Celtic would get about what fifteen thousand. Yeah, about that. And then County would get about two two thousand eighteen hundred. And certainly, like like clubs like ourselves, we would get well most of our fans back anyway. But you yep. know what the government have been like? They'll twist it to whatever agenda they've got. So I'm not expecting yep. them back. It's football fans' fault for going to the fan zones that we. Our fault for going to London and all that. Yeah. I, 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 Adam, that was disgraceful behaviour going down to London. What are you playing at? Pissing in that spoon. Yeah, yeah, that's like I was the only one that went down to London here. Uh, <laughs> I know. I definitely was not there. <laughs> uh, but like, I, our way you look at it, it is great news that it'll be there. Um. And that pretty much wraps up with the press conference uh, side of things. One last thing I want to bring up, and I've not actually cleared this of anyone, um, but it was brought up, uh, is Celtic and Rangers Colts. Uh, yesterday, there was uh, news that Celtic and Rangers have, I think they've bid to try and get into the league system, or it's going to be league reconstruction, to try and let Celtic, well, I think they're called Celtic B and Rangers B into League 2 next season, which is, <laughs> there's two clubs, supporters that are happy with that, and there's a lot more that aren't. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'll start with, uh, so there's two Celtic fans here, and there's two, uh, there's a Mora fan and a County fan. I'll start with you, Adam. How do you feel, we'll start with just the Celtic Rangers Colts situation. How do you feel about Colts in general? No, a fan at all. I, I don't really get it. So, like these, you've got these um war league clubs that want to go up, right? And uh, I just think it takes away the purpose of the pyramid system because these teams are going to come down here, and you know they're just going to run over the the league. So, as you could, it just depends what team you support. But for me, it's just it's just it's a disgrace. It really is. These teams having a meeting as well. Like what? what... I I get the, the the problems with the Highland League. Uh, Silicon, we bought our way into the Highland League. There, there's no, or the Lone League, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's no uh, disputing that. With mm-hmm. league reconstruction, 
I feel like it could work a bit better. Obviously, you'd have to make it. I don't think that would, it would ever happen. They never would get promoted to the top week. But uh, the Colts obviously couldn't be promoted to Premiership. We couldn't let that happen. Mm. But I feel like with league reconstruction, it's a great way. And they do it in Germany and Spain. I know they do it. It works really well with uh, Barcelona B and Real Madrid Castilla. Um, it just brings through new talent. And if I get that there's players not from Scotland in the Colts teams, but for the Scottish players in there, it would really help with the national team, I think. And I, I know just, I'm looking from a really biased perspective. I know, quite right. You're looking but, at whatever team you support, but for me, it's like, why why are we getting, why have we got the pyramid system of two Colts teams are coming into the league? You've got clubs like Edinburgh, Kelly Hearts, spending a lot of money, by the way, on players to go up the leagues. I, I, I see it from both, because I, I like, I think it's good for Celtic, but like Brora's my closest team, and I like going down there. And I, from that head, I think it's ridiculous. And considering that them and Kelty tried to break their back to get league reconstruction, which they deserved really to be up in League Two, both of them. Yeah, and as as I said, I I'm not. I mean, I'm both happy and not happy as a coach team in the first place. But you could probably understand that. But like. I'm not a fan of the whole way we got into the Highland League. Uh, the Lowland League, sorry. It is the Lowland League, right? Yeah, it's the Lowland League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the Lowland League. Um, I'm not a fan of buying away into it. But League Reconstruction did kind of pay my interest because I'm not a fan of the current pyramid structure. I don't like how the playoffs for the Highland and Lowland Leagues and then only one team gets relegated from League 2. But if you finish, if you finish, if you're a club 42... And you still have a chance of staying up. I don't think that's right. I think they could even, um, if they make the league bigger, bringing the Celtic Rangers team, they can make it to 12 and two teams go down. And then the winner of the Highland Lowland League go up. I've always held out for a a 16-team premiership. I think 12, playing the same team three or four times a season... It's, it's not great. It's it boring. A grind. It is boring. I would do anything to get rid of the split. I hate the split. Uh, to be honest, I've got to take out of the plastic pitches. Oh, yeah. That's another. That's another topic. But I. To be honest, I'd get rid of Greenock and Morton FC. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was wondering when we were having our episodely Morton slang. Episodes off in Scotland, but it's well and truly back. Yeah. I just, as I said, a 16-team premiership, even a 14-team premiership, I mm-hmm. think it be expanded. Um, well. Teams in the championship, teams like, also Kelly just went down, teams like, Dunfermline. even Bacon and wouldn't have looked out of place in the premiership last season. No, it would be good way to do as well if we got back, so. Yeah, again, yeah, it's more grounds for fans to go to, um, mm. which uh, I remember Adam saying is a advantage of the, the Betfred or whatever it's called in the Premier Sports Cup group stages. Yeah. Um, I, I like yeah. the group stages. It's... Yeah. It just it adds a bit more excitement because you get these teams that they cause an upset. And like as I said, I think Dundee United went out last year. Lost to Peter Heed at home. The only problem with the, the League Cup is that the group stages always seem to draw the same teams together, like Cali and Brora yeah. and County in Montrose every season. Yeah. It was yeah. just pretty much the same group apart from Airdrie, which is a big deal for us, so... Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's another point. It lets those games happen that mm-hmm. are never really going to happen unless you get a lucky cup draw. Yeah, cup. So, but yeah, about the the Colts thing, um, with getting into League Two, as I've, I've, I don't want to beat the same horse. League construction, I think it works. If we stuck with 12, 10, 10, 10, I don't think the Colts should be given uh, an advantage in getting in there when no. other teams in the Iron League are vying for it um, and the Lone League are vying for it. Uh, I don't know why I just keep forgetting the Lone League is this one is the one we're in. but Because, um, because the North is better. No. So, <laughs> so but but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, can, I do like a bit of outrage when it comes to Scottish football, the amount uh, of times it's been talked about, it's going to happen. Isn't it? 
I think so. Yeah. I, I think I, I feel like the SFA might sort of bend their back for Celtic and Rangers just because oh. of them being the big two. I know that's not a popular. But what, you know what? Um, I'm going to try and turn this into another spin. How would we feel if it's not your Celtic and Rangers, if Hearts got Colts, if Hibs got Colts, if Marwell got Colts? Would it be a different no, I'd situation still be, then? No, I'd still be the same. Yeah, why would, yeah just... I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think of a way that it could benefit because I think the Scottish national team is the biggest benefit uh, that everyone could get. See, uh, also. remember the Challenge Cup? The Colts teams were in that and they were playing like teams in League One and that. I was actually all right with that. Yeah. But see, when it comes yeah. to the league setup, I, I kind of get behind it. One of the big things that they always push is a reason why the Colt team should be in the lower leagues is for the um, boost of, a, of fans coming to see them. But it hasn't really panned out. The attendances oh, for cult games are lower than their standard yeah. games. Yeah, that will be interesting if attendances do increase now that it's an actual league system. Um, I don't see it personally, I, but... There will be a few that go for a day out, but I think it will just be a day out. I'm not sure how much it will really be supporting the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I can't wait to see Celtic Colts play Cove Rangers and see... <laughs> Oh, so, I, I mean, you're basically Ross Draper and Ian oh. Tigers. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, it will be, un- it will be interesting. Um, but I think that about does it. Um, cover, I think, actually, no, we'll talk about this. I'm not going to pretend I know every detail. I only really saw it last night, and then a, a bit more came out today over a Fred Morelos, and it feels like he gets a, a transfer rumour. Every summer, and never, and nothing comes of it. It's been a while since the last rumor, so I have to come. Yeah, and also, I don't, I don't really follow what's going on uh, with Rangers and their players. But apparently, he said he didn't want to leave. Apparently, he said he wanted to play in the Champions League. Um, which is why I didn't really see many movements at Rangers. But apparently, uh, Porto uh, have agreed personal terms for Morelos, and they're just trying to. Uh, get the right deal with Rangers, I think 15 to 20 million is what Rangers are holding out for. Yeah. I it just it seems like it came out of nowhere but mm-hmm. was all also coming at the same time. I, I well, know it doesn't make any sense but mm. I think Rangers need maybe need to sell at least one or two players so could probably see where else going but Yeah but at the same time Rangers are the only they only play one qualifier, don't they? So and if they win that they get what twenty six million just for qualifying, which is a lot of money. So I don't think they really need to sell if they just have belief that they're going to get into the Champions League. And that's been an issue. I don't want to bring it back on the Celtic, but that's been a Celtic issue that Celtic always sold their players and never really pay attention to qualifiers enough. And so they missed the last couple of seasons. They've missed out on the 26 million or whatever it might be now. It might have increased now, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I can't really say. Uh, too much on it. I've not looked too much into it. Would we say it would be a good deal, fifteen or twenty million for Morelos? I'm not sure how many years are on his contract. Um, well, you look at how much they bought him for; it'll be a massive profit. Look yeah, it was, it was about five hundred k. Yeah, about five hundred one million pounds or something. So mm-hmm. probably twenty million. I think they'll hold it for about twenty million. But as you say, they might want to just try and keep him for that qualifier and see if they can get through the Champions League and then. You'd imagine he'd be staying for the for the group stage, but we'll just have to yeah. see what happens. See if he was playing for like say, I don't know, um West Brom or, or Aston Villa, how much would he cost for a team? He'd be like fifty, sixty million probably. Easily. Yeah, I know. Uh, ben White's costing fifty million for, for Arsenal. Work. Yeah, which is I think someone I think there's something that came out of Jack Grealish costing a hundred million uh, to Man City. And then I, I think I can't remember who tweeted I think it was Evan McFarlane tweeted but Kieran Tierney, Virgil van Dijk David Turnbull, John McGinn, and a few other players, and still have about thirty-seven left over, thirty-seven million left over from mm-hmm. one Grealish. Yeah, just shows how employed that is. And I think Morelos probably would be a forty-million player if he played in uh, played in England or somewhere else. But however, it's, it's a topic for another day. But yeah, um, yeah. if Morelos goes, will I personally be happy about it? Probably, but. Uh, I'm just, 
I mean, I've let the cat out of the bag that I'm very much a Celtic fan now, if nobody's realised. <sighs> I've scored against, to be honest. If you hadn't scored against this, I'd be fucking loving this transfer, but oh well. I hate John Joe Kenny. But that'll do it for <laughs> this, this episode six of the Public Podcast. Um, not the best episode in terms of morale when it came to Scotland getting knocked out. But what can you do as a Scottish football podcast at the end of the day? We're not going to be happy very often. No. Just take everything as it comes. It's the usual, it's the hope that kills you. Right? Yep. Ah, well. Qatar 2022. We all love Qatar, don't we? We all really like the World Cup in Qatar. So... I just wanted to forget to the 2024 years because it's in Germany. So. Yeah, that would be great. Um, be yeah. I can't really see myself buying a plane ticket to Qatar, but no, Germany, that. that's, that's, no. an easy, that's an easy one. <laughs> well, when is the draw can't be that far away for you? Well, I know it's 2024, but usually there's two, two years earlier. So. Yeah, for what, the qualification draw? Yeah. I'd imagine that'll be next year. Yeah, next year. It's not that far away, really, so. Yeah, I don't know if, what the Qatar World Cup draw is going to be. I don't really want to keep talking about this World Cup, but um, no. I, I, the draw has to be soon for that. It's going to be, what, winter 2022? I so hate, I absolutely hate it being in the winter. It's not going to be I don't actually know the, the dates, but I'd say it, it, it won't feel right if it ends like two weeks before Christmas or whatever. Uh, I know it's the football and that. You'll probably end up watching it, but at the moment I just think... Yeah, yeah definitely watch it. It's just going to be so odd. And the, the schedule's going to get break, broken up in terms of domestic football. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like the Boxing Day games and that. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of cramming stuff in. I don't know if that means the season's going to start earlier. I don't. We might even start like July first, something like that. Um, I think they'll have to, otherwise it'll be buggering up uh, two seasons. Yeah, I, I know. I couldn't have came at a worse time. We've got the COVID schedule, and then we've got the Qatar schedule, which is not. I just not looked, great. The final is one week before Christmas Day. Oh, it's, it's oh. The eight, yeah, the eighteenth. Oh, that's just. Imagine your team. Imagine Scotland get to the World Cup final and lose a week before Christmas. Merry <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Christmas would be cancelled for. Christmas was cancelled. Steve Clark on the naughty list. <laughs> a lump of coal for Steve Clark. Uh, but yeah, and enough talking about Qatar. Let's finally end this show. It's been a good one, despite the topics. Uh, we'll probably be back sometime next week uh, just depends what news comes out really um, it's Scottish it's, football there's bound to be something yeah I mean, after we publish this so I know anything can happen there might be like a, a there might be an Aberdeen player that falls in the river or something anything can happen <laughs> so let's well, yeah. happen though <laughs> yeah that'll do it uh, so yeah been a good show uh, we'll see you next time and as always fuck Green and Morton <laughs> <laughs>